Looking for your next spot out with family or friends? Whether you're on the east side, downtown, in Fitchburg, or at Hilldale, you're sure to enjoy one of Madison's favorite traditions. Great Dane Pub and Brewing Company, Madison's home for craft beer and pub food since 1994. Everybody, huddle up. Live from the Great Dane Pub and Brewing Company, this is the Great Dane Huddle on 100.5 ESPN. Alongside Adam Mertz of ESPN Wisconsin College Game Day, here's Alex Strofe. It is another edition of the Great Dane Huddle right here on 100.5 ESPN, the ESPN app, and Wisconsin On Demand. How you doing, everybody? Hope you're having a fantastic Monday evening. My name is Alex Strofe with you live from the Great Dane Pub and Brewing Company on the east side of Madison. Look what just got delivered to our table, Adam Mertz, our crop circle wheats for the evening. Love the Great Dane, love the Great Dane beer. We've got our food order put in. It's going to be a wonderful, dreary Monday for us inside the Great Dane Pub and Brewing Company. But Adam Mertz is here, Mertzy. Good to see you, man. How are you? Man, it is so good to be here with you today. It's been a while. It has been. I mean, I was in, uh, you were out. I, I was yeah, on vacation. I, I spring break. I covered it on spring break for you. Nice. I enjoyed my spring break. I was down in sunny Florida. It was wonderful. I miss it. How long ago does like that this? feel? Months. Yeah. Well, I mean, think about it, right? Like, Aaron Rodgers took up March, April, and into May, and it was six and a half or seven weeks when that finally went through a few weeks ago. But And then you've got Mike Bootenholzer getting fired from the Bucks. You've got all this Badger stuff with with the transfer portal and and ending in the NIT, which is – that was the week I was on vacation was the week they lost the NIT semis. I mean, all that feels like years ago at this point. But it's uh, it's a fresh start for pretty much every program in the state not naming the Milwaukee Brewers, right? The Bucks will have a new guy in charge. The Badgers football team has a new guy in charge. The Packers have a new quarterback in charge. Got a new thrower. I mean, everything's different. But, uh, I mean, it's, it's been a while since you and I chatted, probably since the college football season when Jim Leonard was the interim head coach. <laughs> so I want to start with Badgers football tonight. And when it was here. a no-brainer that he was going to be hired as head yeah, coach, right? Yeah. yeah, somebody reported that, right? <laughs> if I'm not mistaken, <laughs> somebody was. got that one wrong? Yeah. Yeah, that'll happen. Yeah. But Luke Fickle is the head coach, as we know. And it's an exciting time. We saw the launch a couple of weeks ago. Me and Nortman went. Me and Brad Nortman, we tailgated. We showed up. Uh, we had a bunch of beers beforehand. It was awesome. And uh, then we watched Tanner Mordecai throw four interceptions, wow. which kind of came out of nowhere. But also, optimist view. You know me. I, I tend to be a pessimistic patty sometimes. Optimistic view. Defense looks great, Mercy. There you go, right? Uh, the same the old Wisconsin defense. Yeah, so that's exciting. But I was listening to Ben Brust and Jesse Nelson before us, and, and Brusty was bringing up the fact eight and a half wins is the over-under line set for the Badgers. Of course, they play 12 regular season games. I am hammering the over. And we were talking a little bit off the air. You view it. There's one real loss on the schedule, but outside of that, it's anybody's ball game. Yeah, absolutely. And and we, we've talked for years about this, too, about how, like, major college, the, the power five, you're almost built in as an eight and four. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's it's hard to finish less than eight and four unless you're having a really mediocre season like uh, happened last year locally. But, right. um, yeah, Ohio State, and that's a home game. I'm not saying that anything's going to happen there, but at least <laughs> you're like, oh, maybe that gets moved to a night game, something crazy happens. Um, but, but that's the one game on the schedule I look at, and I think that's not even close to a 50-50, and the rest 
I mean, I think they're in play. I'm not saying 11 and 1, 12 and oh, 1. Oh, I'll go that you, far. Yeah, uh, no, you, <laughs> our, our old friend Kenny Rovac, uh, yep. former GM, he used to be the first one always out. Hey, Mertz, Mertz, 12 and 0. 12 and 0. 12 and 0. Uh, 12 and 0. He was always seeing 12 and 0. Mertz, the first time I did a show with you was prior to the 2021 season. Got to do my math here, right? Yeah, yeah. And you gave me a breakdown of the schedule. Telling me exactly that. Yeah. Twelve and zero is possible. Yeah. And then it was what was it a six and no they made it better than that like eight and four year that year twenty one. Yeah, that was the that was the um, your second year of the Graham Mertz the short lived Graham related. Mertz era. Not related. Not related. I not used to call you your his illegitimate Ill- uncle. Yeah, correct. I think I'm not going to call you that anymore. No, no, no. There's no familial relation. I, I just said, wow. Yeah, the, did you keep a tabs on uh, the Florida spring game, spring game at all? I did not actually. So how'd he, that go? He put up seven points, which is the lowest in Florida spring game history. Yeah. And then their head coach, after the game, was asked about the transfer portal at that position, and he said, "Yep, we're already looking to add at that Oof. position in the portal." Oh, but I don't know that they have yet. The portal's closed right now, so maybe Mercy will be the starter at Florida, which is just. So interesting to me. And he's rocking Tim Tebow's number 15. I don't know if you saw that either. But I keep tabs on him. But nonetheless, let's go back to the Badgers. I, 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 I've I, gone back and forth so much the last couple of months about the expectations of this team, right? And rightfully so, people are freaking excited. Yeah. And again, rightfully so, right? Fickle brings some energy. You've got the bat signal being blasted out anytime a recruit commits to the University of Wisconsin. You've got all sorts of different reasons to be excited about this team. To your point, eleven and one, twelve and zero. I don't know that that's realistic, but nine and three, win the Big Ten West, get to the Big Ten championship game, get a premier bowl game, stay in the top twenty-five all year. I think that's all realistically in the cards. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, I think that that's the standard. It's been the standard, um, and even the last couple of years when things were hollowing out a little bit in the program. Um, I still thought, you know, coming in in the last year, maybe Mertz puts this together yep. a little bit, and you're able to ride Braylon Allen in that, that tough defense to a West Division title. I think that should be the expectation every year. Well, I guess for the next year until the Big Ten realigns. Uh, right. Well, do we know which division the USC and UCLA's of the world are going to be in? Yeah, are they breaking it up? Yeah, I think they're going to go pod. Oh. Yeah, I mean, it'll be a single It'll be a single. Right. conference and then they'll just pot up the teams based on having the the what is it two or three they're trying to debate right now yeah um perennial rivals and then mix and match throughout the rest of the league interesting uh, yeah i'm looking forward to that there's no though. protection anymore that. let me t- i mean i think that was a huge part of this whole fickle hire was like we can't hide out in the west anymore no you no. got to go out and you got to perform and compete against Penn State, Michigan, Ohio State. Totally. And I mean, the lad, and it seems like they're already trying to in seasons to come, right? They're going to add some tough non conference opponents. They're going to beef up that schedule a little bit. Uh, and we were talking again off the air. Ohio State's coming to Camp Randall this year, yeah. so that's fun. Obviously, a Luke Fickle revenge game of sorts as he played at Ohio State, coached there, began his career there. And it's just. It's fun to see. He was the interim head coach there in 2011 or 2012, whatever right. year that was. Uh, you know, 10 years prior to when Jim Leonard 
was the uh, interim head coach of Wisconsin. So there's all these fun angles of this game coming up at the end of September. But that's the first real test. And I imagine that will be a top 20 showdown of sorts, right? Ohio State will, without a doubt, be one of the top four teams in the country at that point. And I would think Wisconsin should be top 20, top 15, assuming they get off to a good start, unlike they did a year ago. Yeah, you know, like you look at the non-conference schedule and they have the game at Washington State. And obviously things didn't go well at Camp Randall last year. But um, the way that the the start of the season shakes out, that's a – they should have three non-conference wins and a couple of winnable um, Big Ten games to start. So you – you're in that three, four, five, and zero. Oh, you're gonna get. You're gonna get right back up there with Fickle and all the enthusiasm behind that program. But to, to your point, real quickly on Ohio State, and and just like all the excitement around this program, you know that that game is gonna be made a big deal, no matter where they're at in this season. I really do hope that's a night game in Camp Randall. I hope so too. It it, it brings back David Gilreath memories, doesn't yeah. it? I mean, that was one of the all-time games at Camp Randall. Lee Evans. Lee Evans. Got a couple of really nice Ohio State night games. That's true. That's very true. Well, hopefully another uh, Tanner Mordecai game, maybe. Braylon Allen game. Who knows? Uh, Badger's schedule looks like this real quick. They kick it off Saturday, September 2nd, hosting Buffalo. Then they head to Washington State, a rematch of the Nakia Watson revenge game from a year ago, which the Badgers lost at Camp Randall. That's September 9th. September 16th. Wisconsin will host Georgia Southern, the game we're all waiting for. Absolutely. How about this, Mertze? A Friday night game in West Lafayette at yeah. Purdue, September 22nd. I hate that. i got to be honest with you. I, I don't like it because of the high school overnight. Right. I mean, you're you're obviously a big high school guy and right. love football and love the tradition and love the feeder program and all that. I don't like it competing against. Well, but, uh, I will say, the one exception is Labor Day. Um, I usually enjoy when they do the Friday night game at Camp Randall or yeah, something like that. Yeah, that's fine on Labor Day. let you get out of, out of town for the holiday. Yeah. But a Friday night at the end in of September. September. Yeah. And you still have a kid in high school, right? I do. Hopefully that's it's not awesome. homecoming weekend. Uh, shouldn't be that. I think that's a little. Is it the 22nd? 20, yeah, it'd be the 22nd. Yeah, it's a little early. A little early? Homecoming's more October, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Right on that. Maybe at uh, least last week in well, September. Well, Badger's homecoming is the first week of October when they host Rutgers. Then they host coincidence. I think Iowa. Uh, no, I don't think so. <laughs> Not after last year's debacle. Yeah, uh, which they won, but it was still a gross game against Purdue a year ago at Camp Randall. Uh, Iowa at Madison after homecoming. So back-to-back home games against Rutgers and Iowa. They head to Illinois. Oof. We know how that went last year. Yeah, the final game of the Paul Christ era, and then after a visit to Brett Bielema's house, Ohio State comes for twenty-eighth. Halloween weekend. Oh, boy. It's got to be a night game. Yeah, that city's going to be buzzing, Mertze. We're going to be dressing up for the tailgate oh, yeah. for ESPN Wisconsin College Game Day. We're going to be wearing our costumes. We're going to be hitting the W afterwards in the Great Dane downtown. It's going to be great. Uh, Indiana, Northwestern, Nebraska, Minnesota rounds out the Badgers' schedule. So there are a couple 50-50 games in there, right? Like, you really don't know what Iowa's going to yep. be. The rumor is they're better offensively this year, and they're still that, that really solid defensive program. But it's in Madison, so that always helps. You don't know what Illinois will be, yeah. but you hope you can win after what happened last year. Uh, Northwestern, going to be trash. Hopefully should be a win. Nebraska, going to be trash, should be a win. And then that last game of the year every year, Minnesota. It's, it's in Minneapolis again this year. So we'll see. Yeah, and, I mean, again, you come back to what is – what does Luke Fickle want to accomplish in his first year? And somewhere pretty high on that list is to smack the Gophers up. I would hope so. 
But also, I mean, you can't ignore the personal ties to Ohio State. And I understand. Yeah. And we, we spent so much time on this last year, Mercy, talking about the talent gap, right? Yeah. Wisconsin, yeah. when Paul Christ was the head coach and, and, and his recruiting department was intact, just wasn't at a level of Ohio State. They weren't at the talent level. They weren't at the competitive level. They were a really good Division One football team. But Iowa was a really great Division One football team. And Wisconsin just wasn't at that level. The reality of the situation is they're probably not at that level this year. As much improvement of the, as they've made through the portal and through the recruits and, and through bringing guys over from Cincinnati and the coaching staff changes, they've made significant improvements. But I'm not ready to sit here May 8th and say, yeah, they're going to compete with Ohio State middle of the season. It, no, it, no, 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 no. And you know the thing that, tell me if I'm off base here, but I feel like I don't think that that's achievable to be at Ohio State's level in recruiting. I just don't. I don't think that that should be the goal. I think the goal should be to compete on the field because um, look at some of those Paul Chris teams. They had Ohio State where they wanted them a lot of the times, couldn't finish the job. Now you can point to that as a talent camp for sure. That's That's a part of it. But a lot of where the Badgers have been closer on talent going back historically was when Ohio State was down. It wasn't because the Badgers were riding that high in my mind. I think that that 2010, 2011 stretch that was the one point in time where I feel like that was the the apex of, of talent. And obviously that 2017 team was, was loaded, too. Totally. And they got there, and then the turf popped up in the end zone, and it was oh. game over from that point forward. Oh, man. That's such a wild memory is yeah. when the, the turf came undone yeah. during the Big Ten championship yeah. game. I feel like we don't talk about that enough. That, <laughs> that was so bizarre. And uh, then it was all Ohio State from that point forward. Well, that was a fun game. Ah, oh, man, you're killing me. Now I'm, I'm having flashbacks also to 19. Yeah. You think about punters dropping balls. And Where's Brad Norman? No. I need him. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Well. Hopefully 2023 is a year of uh, no failures, but obviously that probably won't be the case. But I, look, I, I, think, I think having high expectations for this team is inbounds. Eight and a half games, I think that's low. Nine and a half seems yeah. more, but nine and two in the regular season seems attainable to me, uh, especially with, with the easy non-conference games. Now, that's easier said than done, of course, given the history with Washington State from a year ago. But look. Buffalo and Madison should be an easy win by 70 points where you see the fourth-string quarterback, Miles Burkett, in the game, or third-string quarterback, whatever he is, in the game by the fourth quarter. Same with Georgia Southern. That game at Washington State is very intriguing. Yeah. But I imagine that might be a beatdown, too. Luke Fickle may not have been here a year ago, but he knows how to motivate football players. And I think it's pretty damn easy to motivate the guys that were in that locker room a year ago for that Washington State game. Purdue in West Lafayette, a Friday night game. It's a short turnaround, obviously a day less arrest. But you can go win that game. Rutgers is easy. Iowa's an interesting one. Illinois is in, like the, that the middle the, of the schedule. That October stretch of the schedule is super fun. Yes. Home against Iowa at Illinois, home against Ohio State. That's a really fun stretch, and that will ultimately dictate where this team ends up at the end of the season, whether or not that is in the Big Ten championship game in Indianapolis on December 2nd. But Mertzi and I are on the same page. Your expectations only have to be tempered a teeny tiny bit. This is going to be a good team. It's yeah. going to be a fun year. Yeah. Fun year for a lot of different reasons, as will it be for the Green Bay Packers. New quarterback, different expectations than we're used to. We'll dive into whether or not this is a rebuild and what the expectations are for the Green Bay Packers. That's after this. He's Adam Murdoch, some Alex Strofe. It is the Great Dane Huddle live from the Great Dane Pub and Brewing Company on the east side of Matt.
Dane Huddle rolling on live from the Great Dane Pub and Brewing Company on the east side of Madison. I'm Alex Strofe alongside the legendary Adam Mertz of ESPN Wisconsin College Game Day. I missed you. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to talk I you up as it, much as I can, man. It's been way too long. Uh, we are at the Great Dane Pub and Brewing Company. Four locations in the Madison area. Our food just got delivered. It looks terrific. We've got uh, Mertzie and I discovered we have our same favorite beer from the Great Dane Pub and Brewing Company. That, of course, the Crop Circle Week. That actually makes it three for three on the panel because Alex G., oh, our producer yeah. back in the uh, ESPN Madison studio, is the one that put me onto this beer. Uh, I got my Smash Dog Melt and Fries in front of me. You got like a shrimp salad? I did. I that got the shrimp terrific. cob salad. That looks awesome. Yeah. Eggs, fresh tomatoes, oh baby. Four locations in the Madison area. Get to one ASAP. We're on the east side. Come have a beer with us or get to any of the other three downtown, Fitchburg, or in the Hilldale area of Madison. GreatDanePub.com is the website for all the deals, the specials, and all the in-betweens. All right, Mercy, let's dive into the conversation we've all been waiting to have. The Green Bay Packers. Now, the internet got set on fire by my good friend Andy Herman over the weekend of the Pack-A-Day podcast, who essentially tweeted, this team has done nothing to show us that they are trying to win in 2023. Tell me, and he said, tell me one move from the offseason that tells you they're trying to win right now. Everybody was struggling to come up with one because I can't come up with one. I don't think you can come no. up with one. Bringing back Sean Nixon is awesome, but he's a kick returner. Right. I don't think that's going to change your trajectory from a four-win team to a ten-win team. But nonetheless, uh, I was listening to, as I referenced before, we were listening to, to Brusty and, and Jesse Nelson talk about the over-under win total, which is seven and a half games for the Packers in Vegas right now, which seems like a pretty solid line, but there's so much unknown with this team, which is why I ask you, Mertzay, do you view this as a rebuild for the Green Bay Packers, or is this more just a reset as they change the guard of the quarterback? Yeah, I, I'm kind of more toward the latter, um, in part because of just the mediocrity of the NFC. Um, I feel like I was just looking through like projected starting lineups here, and there's enough of a base there that you feel like you can roll them out and compete. Um, is this team poised as a playoff team? I don't see that. Um, are they in foreign, you know, 13 mode? I don't see that. Mm-hmm. So, I, I mean, I think it's a team that can go out there and, and uh, you know, and, and be a, a legitimate 500, you know, 8, 9, 9, 8. Uh, would be a do what a they did a year season. ago. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Right, and when you look at what Aaron Rodgers did a year ago, and again, we can always put some stock into the broken thumb and the messed yep. up ribs yep. and and whatnot. It was definitely a down year by him, by all means. But Jordan Love can attain what he did a year ago. It was twenty six touchdowns, twelve interceptions. I'd call that a success for year one for Jordan Love. Now, obviously, we thought the weapons a year ago were bad. They're even worse. You're miss- I shouldn't say they're worse, but you are missing more of a veteran presence than yeah. you were a year ago in both the wide receiver and tight end room. Now, I like Christian Watson. I really like yep. what he did in his rookie year. But I don't view him as a true number one receiver in the NFL in year two. But that's what the Packers are dealing with. So it's going to be experimental, but it's also going to be figuring out who everybody is. right? Yeah. I think the Packers' offense immediately, and it really did for a majority of last season, but right now it lacks identity. We don't know what this team is at all. It's, it's a giant mystery. Yeah, and, and you look up and down, and that's the one thing that does give me a little bit of pause is the, is the weapons that they have, regardless of what you think the ceiling is. They just don't have the um, individual experience or the experience playing together, and and um, that's not a recipe for success with a young quarterback. So there's going to be a lot on Jordan Love's shoulders this year. Um, I, I am really curious to see how much that he can form 
some energy, some electricity with Watson especially. For sure. Um, you know, Jaden Reed comes in. He's a good performer. Ricky wide receivers don't really do it for me necessarily. I tend to agree. Um, but I, I'd like to see where where he and Watson can kind of um, get on the same page a little I'll, bit. I'll tell you what. I love the Jaden Reed pick. Only because yeah. I watched him dice the Badgers oh. up in overtime last year. I think I watched that game with you. Yeah, we you did. With us we that. did. Yeah. yeah. And that was the uh, the questionable Graham Mertz throw in overtime Oof. that we had no idea who the hell he was throwing the ball to. <laughs> uh, but Jaden Reed threw a touchdown pass in that game. Yeah. He caught a touchdown pass in that game. Yeah. So that name stuck out to me. And I think I made a joke, or one of us made a joke in the postgame show, future Packer Jaden Reed, not realizing he really would be. And... Again, rookie wide receivers, I'm with you. They typically don't do it for me. When you look at guys who had terrific rookie years as receivers, there's three names that come to mind. Randy Moss, Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase. Chase. They are the exception, not the rule. And that was the same case I made last year with, with, uh, with Watson. And he had a really solid rookie year. By all means, he had a great rookie year. But... That's a normal rookie year, a good rookie year. It's not Justin Jefferson double-digit touchdowns over 1,000 yards like, like him and Chase did back-to-back years. And I don't expect Jaden Reed to be that guy. He's a little bit smaller on the smaller side. He's more of a slot option. But I'm excited for the different things he can maybe do in a Matt LaFleur offense because we've heard since Matt LaFleur was hired in 2019, he's an innovator. He's creative. He can do things on offense you haven't seen before. But with Aaron Rodgers at the helm, he didn't do a ton of that. So with a guy who's, who's brand new, who's fresh as a starter in the NFL and Jordan Love, maybe they'll roll out some things we haven't seen before, and Matt LaFleur can truly prove that innovator card we've tagged on him since day one. I think that's a great point um, that you're making here in terms of engineering success. Yeah. And where do you put him in positions to succeed? Because, I mean, you got two backs that you can rely on pretty heavily, but you can't just survive on a ground game in the NFL unless you're maybe Tennessee Titans. But um, <laughs> other than that, I mean, Jordan Love is going to have to make some plays. And uh, I, I have seen... Uh, you know, glimpses early on, I feel like, where LaFleur's offense was kind of taking form. And it, it was almost like he got away from being too creative after a while. Or maybe that was getting overruled in the huddle uh, and, and someone doing his own thing. Either or. <laughs> <laughs> and results the same, right? Um, but, yeah, I mean, the, uh, the onus is on him to show what he's got as, as an NFL coach at this point. You know, both the innovation and the leadership. Yeah, I mean, but both of them are, are incredibly important. And, and the thing with LaFleur is, again, we, we, we haven't seen, I don't think, a 100% LaFleur offense, to your no. point. What was getting changed in the huddle? What was Rodgers overruling? You know, he, he made a comment last uh, preseason during training camp. He, he, he literally used the term, I'm bitching, because of, of the, the checkdowns and the different audibles and why we just can't run a play. And it was, it was a really good glimpse into... Okay, we thought the LaFleur Rogers marriage was perfect. That was the first in- instance of, okay, maybe it's not as much as we thought. And then an eight, nine year, and Rogers is out of town just like that. It, yeah. It, it, life comes at you fast in the league, man. And, and that, was, that was the uh, prime example of it. But I'm excited to see what Jordan Love is because at the end of the day, nobody knows. No. No, absolutely, and it's you know it's funny. I was reading through um, SI had a long story that they ran today, just about it was like the the modern day oral history of the trade yeah. going down, and and there was they were trying to sell uh, the the progress in practice of love for about two three paragraphs, and I'm like, man, this seems this seems manufactured. I have not heard that. I have not seen that. There hasn't been any of these like definitive statements that get made. Um, yeah. it, it's all just this 
mystery, and that doesn't give me a lot of confidence. No, I'm glad you bring that up because Jason Wildey, who you hear weekdays 9 to noon on Wildey and South Share 100.5 ESPN, he said it probably a million times at this at this point, right, over the course of the last three years. From 2005 to 2008, when Aaron Rodgers was behind Brett yep. Favre, there was a million whisper campaigns about yes. how great this guy was going to yes. be, right, how great he looks in practice, the, the throws he's making they've never seen before, even from Favre. And you haven't had that at all with love. And manufactured is the word you just used that makes me totally agree one million percent with you is this feels like we're just saying it to say it, right? He's the starting quarterback now, so let's just find reasons exactly. to praise him rather than, okay, yeah, Aaron Rodgers has had an MVP season and he's playing at the top of his game by all means, but it's Jordan Love, kid. He's got something in the tank. He's got something behind him. The future's bright for the Packers, and we haven't heard that really until this offseason, maybe at the end of last year when he, when he filled in for Rodgers at the end of that Sunday night game, Thanksgiving weekend against Philadelphia. Yep. But outside of that, there hasn't been a ton, which is concerning, but also, again, nobody's just seen enough of the guy. No, and, and the thing is, like, you look at the bar that's been set here over 30 years. It's really too. damn I mean, high. <laughs> I, you know, if, if Jordan loves a serviceable NFL quarterback, I think you've got to be pretty happy with that. Um, anything else would be gravy. And just thinking about, like, you know, everyone talks, how many franchises have had back-to-back elite Hall of Famers? Uh, not many. Not many. You know, I'm thinking back through, and you have, like, Montana and Young in recent history. Going back further, Cowboys, uh, Staubach, Danny White, Troy Aikman, mm-hmm. three in a row. Um, those are the rare exceptions, and that's – I'm talking, like, 50 years right yeah. there. And that's no, I mean, all that's, I can come that's, up with. That's the NFL at large, right? Yeah. I mean, it, it does not happen. And but so you don't many teams try that. to luck into it. But you don't need you that don't. to I mean, win. I'm not saying totally. win a Super Bowl, but to win, you don't need that. To, to get into the playoffs, to give yeah. yourself a chance to get in the dance, you don't need that. And even to win a Super Bowl, now, it's pretty rare. But there are examples over the course of the last 20 years in Dilfer, Flacco, yep. Nick Foles, yep. where they've gone on to win Super Bowls. And so it's doable, but you need a lot of really nice pieces around, around you. you. And what do the Packers lack, Mercy? Yeah. They lack the pieces, especially pieces. on the offensive side of the ball, right. around Jordan Love. So that's what scares me, but also maybe there's, there's, uh, you know, there's a fact where, okay, maybe Romeo Dobbs excels into an 800-yard, six-touchdown type of guy. Maybe there's a world where Christian Watson uh, you know, evolves into a, an 1,100-yard receiver. I don't think it's super likely, Yeah, but I won't sit here and say it's impossible. So at least... You're going into this season with some clarity about what you're trying to do. It's like this growth mindset and see how you can mature as a franchise. The thing that made me really uncomfortable about last year and the whole conversation about um, re-signing Rodgers and what you're going to do with it was like I didn't see them going to be prepared to or able to financially fully commit to putting a Super Bowl caliber team around him. It's like why are you you going down this path? Um, It was like just to show that they exhausted all the options. Yeah, and that but made me really uncomfortable. No, you're right about that. And ultimately what we got was That's what we got. uncomfortability. Eight yeah. and nine, uh, coming down to the last couple games, you needed to win every game and to even give yourself a chance in the dance. And you would have been the seventh seed, playing the two seed, and they couldn't even beat the Lions they at couldn't home. couldn't beat the Lions at home. Right? So they go on this run that gives you fake hope. And, yeah. and Wisconsin teams throughout history are very good at doing that. Um, and, and last year was just another example of that. But – this year, it's different, and I'm excited for it, but it's totally different because it's just such a big question mark. You have no idea what the heck to expect in 2023, and I've never, I'm 24, I've never experienced that, right? Yeah. All I know is Favre and Rogers and championship expectations. 2023 <laughs> is about 
We're going to find out who Jordan Love is. We're going to find out what these young guys on the offensive side of the ball are, maybe a little bit, and they might win four games. They might win ten games. Who knows? We have no idea what to expect, and that's, that's fun to me. How tired of you are uh, uh, listening to old men like me talking about how it was like to watch the Packers in the late 70s and the early 80s? Uh, I've, I've kind of always heard that, that argument, but yeah, you know, my dad, my grandpa, yeah. everybody that calls into yeah. the station that, that, that is above 40 years old, right, yeah, is, yeah. is going to give us a little history lesson. But it is important because I do mix, I miss that context, right? I grew up in Green Bay under Favre. I remember, yep. you know, the end of Favre, probably like 03, 04, the first season, I really remember. And then I remember the transition to Rodgers. And then his second year as a starter, getting in, losing that overtime game to Arizona, which was an absolute heartbreaker. Yeah. And then following that up with a Super Bowl, beating Pittsburgh and Dallas. And then MVPs and, and one seeds and NFC North titles. Like, that's all I know. So it's, 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 it might be like the 80s, but it is fun for now. If we go through that for 10 years like they did in the 70s and 80s and, you know, more than 10 years, I'll get sick of it. But for one year, eh, I'm willing to see what Jordan Love is. I'm willing to see what the Packers are, even if they don't win 13 games like I'm used to. that fair? I think that's totally fair. And you know what? And, and in all fairness, like, there were some teams there in the early 80s that were pretty exciting to watch. You had the 83 team that had Lofton, Jefferson, Kaufman. Oh. Um, and Lynn Dickey throwing the ball around. Number I mean, twelve. Was, yeah, there was some pretty, there was some pretty good football in there. So not ripping it totally. The one, the one thing that stands out to me too, and I was thinking back through this, I can't remember if it was. And and Favre was doing it is like maybe I will, maybe I won't retire. You know, not bad. bad. Yeah, that was a half bad impression. <laughs> what will I do? What will I do? Yeah. Um, and, and you didn't know where the franchise was going to go. And there was, I, to me, there was more of a fear then of, was this just a flash? Did you just have Brett Favre and, and that um, Reggie White and that era, and that's what got you through, and now you're going to revert back to Siberia? I feel <laughs> like there's enough in the NFL and in the structure of the way that the Packers fund themselves. And... Um, uh, you know, Green Bay is still not going to be a destination place to live for free agents. But it's, but it's. I feel like it's different. I feel like it's not as remote, as isolated, as cut off from opportunity for advertising and whatever else. I just don't think you go back to that time when no one wanted to play in Green Bay. No, it's more of a destination, of course, than it was. And the way they've built up the area, and, and to your point, opportunity with advertising and, and, and all the potential partnerships you can make up there. It's, it's certainly there now, and that comes through all the success over the course of the last 30 years. So we will see. It's the mystery box that we yeah. won't be able to open for another four months, but damn it, do I love talking about it. He's Adam Mertz. I'm Alex Strope. It is the Great Dane Huddle. We play ESPN Madison's favorite game, the burning questions of Alex G. and his friends and fans. We play Gmail right after this. It's the Great Dane Huddle live from the Great Dane Pub and Brewing Company on the east side. Dane Huddle rolling out live from the Great Dane Pub and Brewing Company on the east side of Madison. I'm Alex Strofe, alongside my great friend, the legendary, the magnificent, the almighty Adam Mertz back with me. You hear him 
during the football season, college football season on ESPN Wisconsin College Game Day for the last two decades. He's uh, he's been around longer than great great quarterback play in Green Bay, in my opinion. He's been performing at a higher level than Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers combined. That's how great Adam Mertz is. But that's also how great the team over at Condon Jewelers is. The jeweler on the east side, the jeweler on your side. Diamond Jim, the owner of the store, is always in the store, ready to help you. Whether you're looking to take that next step in your relationship, whether you're looking to treat yourself, whatever you need, Diamond Jim's got you covered. You need a watch, you need a ring, you need a necklace, you need something for Mother's Day coming up this weekend, and you uh, procrastinate like I always do. Condon Jewelers is the spot to go. The jeweler on the east side, the jeweler on your side, right next to Office Depot off East Wash, across from the East Town Mall area, or online, condonjeweler.com. That's singular, condonjeweler.com. All right, it's time to play everybody's favorite game on ESPN Madison. Alex Gravatt, our producer back in the ESPN Madison studio, he gets all sorts of emails, all sorts of questions that he doesn't know how to answer, so he brings them to us, and we try to do our best. It's time to play Gmail here on the Great Dane Huddle. You've got mail. We're starting with a fun one today. All right. Oh, boy. Yeah, no, this is a great one. Uh, Somebody you may know of, his name Brad, he's in Vegas, <laughs> and he asks, if you had to bet one month's salary on any one hand or game in Vegas, which one would it be? Strope, we'll start with you. Oh, boy. Also, I, I think the answer's good enough. He said it might happen. Oh, good. Uh, I, I think I'm going blackjack. I just, that's the game I know the best. Uh... I, I sometimes you can read the table, see who's hot. You can kind of test your luck a little bit. I blackjack, but did you say a month's salary? Yes, indeed. That's, that's a lot for a hand of blackjack, but that's where I'm putting my luck at. Uh, I'm not very good at craps. I'm not good at any of those other stuff. So I'd go blackjack personally. Mercy, what about you? Are we playing with Brad's one month salary or my one month salary? I hope Brad's. Okay, even better. You know, <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna say roulette. Oh, just just figuring like you hit and so are you, are you placing are on beautiful. a color? Probably, probably play a little safe that way. Black or red? Just go color. I would go black. Okay, yeah. Got to go, go double red. Zero. Double yeah, zero. I did think about green. I did think about playing green, but like you're just that's that's really pushing it. It's risky, but the payoffs the worth payoff's it. Payoffs beautiful. The payoffs beautiful. Yeah. And if it's one month salary, that becomes two and a half months salary, just yeah. like that. Ooh, I don't hate that idea. You've got mail. All right, so it was. We've got one from Ben in Madison. Ben, right here in town, lovely. Uh, was experiencing the same thing I was. It was 80 degrees out this weekend. It was lovely. Uh, but he says he got sunburnt. And he says, when is it too warm? And how early is it to complain about the heat? Strofe. Well, right now is way too early. You should look outside right now and then understand that it's under 60 degrees again today. So if you're complaining about the heat, I want you to shut up immediately. Thank you very much. Uh, but we're getting close to that time, like end of June, month and a half from now, if you want to complain about the heat. But, like, this guy to my right cranked out a 10-mile hike yesterday. So he's not complaining. Did you get sunburned? You look okay. Did you wear sunscreen yesterday? Um, so that that was Saturday. Excuse me. Yesterday yeah, I was trying to – I had a buddy trying to teach me how to fly fish. Oh. And so I did think about, like, oh, I bet better put on some, some lotion here, some sunblock while I was out. Did you? Yeah, I did. Okay, I so did. it's not it's not too early to use sunblock. How'd the fly fishing go? I'm more intrigued by that. Now. I, I was told I have a, a lot of room for growth. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, that sounds about right. I would too. I don't blame you. That looks very hard to do. Gee, it's have like you ever fly swing. fished? 
It's like a go- you like there's like, like eight things you have to think about every time you. Yeah, do it. no, and I'm bad at golf too. Gee, you ever you ever gone fly fishing? I have not. I'm not a big fisherman, and I also cannot fly. So <laughs> that was the dumbest <laughs> joke I've ever heard. All right, Dad. You've got mail. <laughs> are mushrooms or are olives more controversial? Asks Sarah in Boston. Controversial. Which one's more? Well, I think I think mushrooms are for people. I think that's a very polar reaction. So I don't think he's talking psychedelic mushrooms like you're used to, Mercy. <laughs> yeah, well, because, actually, yeah, I have even more latitude now. Yeah, this is like a Bill Walton episode. Yeah, I wish we had Bill Weed Walton on the tight. panel. Weed is tight. Uh, look, I'll, I'll go, I'm going to go the opposite directions. I think the olives are controversial. So I was at the why I was, I was at the Wisconsin Broadcasters Gala over the weekend. Which color? I was talking to both. Uh, I was talking to our friend Amy Brandt, one of our teammates up in Beaver Dam, and she was just drinking vodka with olives in it. And I'm like, number one, that's a wild drink. A.K.A. a martini. Right, yeah. but not a good one. Yeah. Um, but, yes, it's a, what do they call that, a dirty, dirty martini, martini or something? Yeah. And uh, But olives to complement vodka seems wild to me. And, like, I'm not a big Bloody Mary guy. I don't like olives either color. Okay. If I was to eat one, I'd probably go green. But that doesn't mean I'm not going to complain. Whereas mushrooms, you can cook them, you can eat them raw. I like mushrooms. I, I use mushrooms in a lot of my food. So I think they're least controversial. I mean, if we're talking, obviously, the psychedelics, then <laughs> we, 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 we do indeed have more latitude. But I, I think olives are more controversial than mushrooms. See, but I, I feel like uh, mushrooms are all, I mean, the legal ones are, are all kind of like <laughs> in the same class. Um, they all taste more or less the same. They have different flavor profiles and whatnot, and I love them. I'm a big mushroom fan. Okay. But, like, the difference between a green and black olive, it's like two different kinds of food. So that's why I was wondering which way you're going there. Yeah. I'm, I mean, I'm, everyone, I'm can eat a black, everyone can eat a black olive. No. Wrong. No. Wrong. Not a chance. What? Not a chance. Wow. All right. Yeah, I'm anti-olive. Anti-olive program. We're pro-mushrooms, though. Whichever kind you like. Let's do one more. You've got mail. Oh, you know our boy Cornelius. In Texarkana, couldn't get, <laughs> couldn't wait to get and be a part of this one. Um, of course, there's a new Healy in town. You remember the shoes with the little rollerblades, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. So uh, he asks, well, he points out they've made flip flops with Healy's in them, and is there a way for shoe wear to be any less safe? Asks Cornelius. <laughs> <laughs> no, Cornelius is spot on with this. So. There is a flip-flop version of this, so this seems like it could go wrong in multiple ways, right? Like, <laughs> so flip-flop indicates that there is a point in which the shoe connects, like, over your foot in between your big toe and your second toe, right? That is a flip-flop, right? Because right? a sandal yeah, is yeah. just, like, over the over yeah. the whole foot, yeah, yeah. right? So some, that's a flip-flop. Some people know them as thongs, correct? Yeah. Right, right, so th- right. Thong shoes, cool. thank you. Yeah, yeah that, that's a good word choice. So, yeah. It could break there. Obviously, you're going to eat dirt if you ride the rollerblade the incorrect way. This seems like a horrible idea and a lawsuit waiting to happen. But if you want to get me a pair, I will try to ride on them. So the question was, is there a less safe footwear? Yes. Uh, so I would say it's, it evidently has not been invented yet, but the high heel Healy, I think, <laughs> would be more dangerous. That's a brilliant idea. We Why just, not? We finally got a million idea, a uh, million dollar idea on this Th- program. Think about like how hard it is to walk for several blocks. And you always hear, you know, like women are always Dude. like, oh my gosh, I got to take right. these off. 
Not if you have this rollers This is genius. In them. I mean, think about it. Mercy, you're on to something. Quit your day job because you just found your new job. Yeah. Holy smokes. That's a brilliant idea. Heel Heelys. I'm investing. You let me know what you need. All right. I don't All really right. have any money. I'm going to go on Shark I'll Tank. Yeah, I'll come with you. I can't wait for the reaction. Mark Cuban's in. He'll, he'll, he'll pay for that. Wow, that's brilliant. That's the brilliant brain of Alex Gravatt, the brilliant mind of Adam Ertz. I'm Alex Strofe. This is the Great Day in Huddle, and I am having the time of my life talking about Heelys. I never had a pair. I honestly wish I always did. G, you hit me as a Healy guy. Did you own Healy's? Oh, I wanted to so bad, but by the time I realized what was going on and like how cool they were, yeah. they, I already they didn't have them in my size. <laughs> oh, yeah, you have big feet, don't you? Yeah, I do. Oh, what size is a cutoff? 15s, baby. Ooh. Yeah, he orders. Oh. He, we've talked about this on the show before, Mercy. He orders wow. shoes. From, what is it, BigShoes.com? BigShoes.com. Yeah. They're very aggressive as uh, text message marketers. I get a text yeah. message. Okay. And now he's created a new thing where whenever he gets a promotional text from BigShoes.com, he just sends it to me. He copies and pastes <laughs> it to me. Uh, but I only wear a size 11 and a half, so I don't need BigShoes.com. Yeah, 14 and up. If you do, I guess this is a free ad for BigShoes.com if uh, you're having the same problem. Uh, Alex G is. You know what they say, Big Shoes. Big, big final segment coming up on the big Woo. the great day in huddle right after this. Wrapping up the Great Dane Huddle here on a Monday night, live from the Great Dane Pub and Brewing Company on the east side of Madison and Alex Strofe alongside the brilliant mind of the great Adam Ertz. Big mushroom guy, self-proclaimed. <laughs> <laughs> Little did I know how that might be con construed. Yeah, I'm going to use that one against you for the rest of your career, just so you're aware. Um, Mercy, I, I, I'm still hung up on, on something we, we kind of passed over the last segment. Yeah. So this weekend, so you're bachelor in it this week, right? Yeah. So your daughter goes to school at, at Georgia University. UGA. UGA. Two-time champs. Go to you're a big dogs Go guy dogs. now? Go dogs. Well, I, I like a team that wins. Yeah, fair. And well, I, now, well, now I don't you're, usually you're, have one. You're forking them a bunch of money now, so yeah, you I might mean, as well. Right. Um, but, uh, so your wife's down there. Your other daughter's out of town too, right? She is down at Jazz Fest with my wife's sister as a 16th birthday gift. And you're stuck here with me? Oh, I won. Yeah, I, I think absolutely you did. Won. Yeah, you, you, one of your daughters is watching Dead and Company at Jazz Fest in, in uh, New Orleans. Your other uh, two ladies in your household are down in Athens, Georgia, and here you are at the Great Dane Pub and Brewing Company. You are a winner. I mean, but yeah. what you did this weekend is what I'm stuck by. Mm. So, Saturday, mm -hmm. ten mile hike. Yes. Sunday, fly fishing. Which one did you enjoy more? Ooh. Um. Man, I hate tough choices like this. Yeah. Well, you got to do them both, so. Um, I, ooh. <laughs> uh, I'm going to say, which, which I like more. I'm going to say the fly fishing I like more because I've been thinking about this for a long time. I live out in Mount Horeb, and we are, we are like, within spitting distance of all these great trout streams and thinking, like, I should maximize this, and I've never done it. I basically haven't fished. I've never I fished a lot when I was a kid, okay. and I was like, why don't I learn how to fly fish? It looks super cool. It's kind of a, a good, like, middle-aged man activity. It absolutely is. And my buddy bought me a kit, 
um, after I had bypass surgery last year. He's like, let's get out, you know, and, like, this was a goal to get out. He's a retired DNR um, oh, cool. agent, so he really knows the outdoors. He's like, he's not a great fly fisherman, but it was a, this cool bonding experience. The two of us got out and just, like, practiced a little bit. That's so awesome. So, yeah. we're going to catch anything? No. No, I, there were a couple of, like, tiny little fish in the lake right outside of Mount Horeb that were following my fly for a little while, but hey, I didn't want to catch them. I'll call that a win. I didn't want to catch them. I just wanted to practice. So did you hike by yourself on Saturday? I did. How'd that go? Ten miles, because that's not going to short. I mean, that's, what, four or five hours? It was about three and a half. Okay. Yeah, it was at Devil's Lake, and anyone who's been up there knows the elevation. Like, it was up the, the cool um, views, the vistas on the East Bluff side where a lot of the rock climbers are. Uh, the sheer face out there. The, the, this is the thing that killed me. I had my trusty old hikers on, <laughs> and I start going down boulders. Have you been there? I have. You know, like no. there's these descents that's basically down the side of a, a cliff. They okay. have steps there. It's not like I'm not. I don't want to make it sound like it's very technical, but my sole started coming off the back of, of the it, shoe of the of the shoe. Like what the hell's going on? And um, I'm like, I'm gonna catch this funny. You know, and then lose balance or something. It's not like there's rails oh, there. Oh, jeez. And I caught a guy uh, who was a rock climber like halfway down, and he loaned me some athletic tape. And I did, like, went back to high school football and did an ankle wrap, wow. you know? But then the things disintegrated both feet. Shut up. So I had no soles for the last, like, five miles of this hike. Dude. Yeah, but it was You're it a worked badass. Out. That's it worked pretty out. wild. Wow. Uh, well, I'm glad we got that story in because that is – Terrific stuff from the great Adam Ertz. Let's have you back sooner than later, my friend. This is always a blast. It sounds good. Call me when you go want to go hiking next, buddy. Uh, oh, I'm in. I'm in. I All just right. hope I don't lose the soles of my shoe. <laughs> uh, big thanks to Alex Gravatt running the show, making us sound good back at the ESPN Madison studio. And a big thanks to everybody here at the great Dane Pup and Brewing Company on the east side of Madison. This has been another really fun edition of the great Dane Huddle right here on ESPN Madison. <laughs>